You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes. BBS Stage Door. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Today, we are doing another deep dive, but before we get started, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live, and record, and recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. 38 planes, 7,000 strays, hundreds of characters, 12 actors, and one incredible story of a town that welcomed the world. As of September 10th, you can experience the Tony Award-winning Broadway musical Come From Away exclusively on Apple TV+, featuring a majority of the original cast. This is your opportunity to see the show critics called a celebration of the best of humankind whilst you are currently in isolation, lockdown, or can't get to the theatre. It'll be available to stream from the 10th of September. Don't forget the tissues. The production company have announced their new online archive celebrating the 65 musical productions they presented and the people who both created and starred in them. Head over to their website to enjoy original show announcements, a photo gallery of production images, and copies of the original show programs. For more info, head to theproductioncompany.com.au. Lockdowns caused by COVID-19 are still ravaging our arts in Australia. All we can really say for now is keep going. Keep doing your part, stay safe, and remember you are not alone. If you ever need to talk or feel out of hope, make sure to reach out to us, your family, friends, or one of the many organisations that can provide you with the help you need, such as Beyond Blue, Lifeline, and Headspace. We will pull through this together. Back over to me, I guess. Today, we will be discussing the critically acclaimed musical Anastasia with music, lyrics, Sorry, with music and lyrics by Stephen Flaherty and Lynn Ahrens, and with book written by the late great Terence McNally. Anastasia is based on the true story of the Romanov family, otherwise known as the Russian royal family, who were executed by a firing squad in 1918. This story takes the folktale of the Romanov child Anastasia, who was speculated to have survived. And it takes also the 1997 animated film of the same name and Ingrid Bergman's 1954 film. The Broadway production reunites the composing team of Aaron's and Flaherty, taking songs from the 1997 film, such as Once Upon a December and the Academy Award-nominated hit and now high alto belter standard Journey to the Past. 
Aarons and Flaherty wrote an entirely new score and story with the help of McNally, grounding the Broadway production more in reality than in the fantasy world of demons and talking bats from the 97 animated feature. The show closed on Broadway in 2019 after 842 performances, including previews. And it began touring North America in October 2018 and spurred a series of worldwide productions in Spain, Germany, the Netherlands, Mexico and Japan. Sadly, most of these productions were halted due to the COVID-19 pandemic, with Japan notably taking their final bow after only 14 performances. The future of the show is currently unknown, with many producers confirming their versions would not reopen post-pandemic. And I just want to say, before we jump into it, that is very sad, but also, you guys, the listeners, picked us to talk about this musical, this also happens to be one of my all-time favourite shows. And yep. I would also like to point out, because I'm such a fangirl of Christy Altima, those 842 performances, she performed in almost all of them. She was in that show wow. from the first preview to the last show, as was John Bolton, who... Phenomenal man, that John Bolton. Anyway, mm. I'm going to be quiet now and actually start talking about the show and it's not fangirl about it <laughs> you're going to be quiet and talk about it's the show it's an incredible show yeah so we we did put this forward we put a couple of our favorite shows forward to you guys and it was definitely tori's absolute favorite she does not stop <laughs> talking about this show so i'm really glad that we actually got to doing this i don't know if she bribed someone to to vote no. for it <laughs> i didn't even vote yeah speaking of is that check in the mail talk uh yes. yeah yeah um i didn't even vote <laughs> Myself, I can. I was like, no, that's not fair. Like, I can't. I can't pick. I, I voted in the initial rounds, but once we got to the last one or like the last two, I can't remember. I was like, no, 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 you can't. Like, you no. I better be stop good. it. Um, but it is. It's one of my favorite. I've always loved um the story of Anastasia. Um, and always loved the movie. And then when there was a show, and obviously, I'm very lucky to have seen it twice on Broadway. Um, Oof, and well it's one of those shows that makes me just absolutely cry. And Christy Altamar, Christy Altamar, Carrie Hope Fledger, those are like two of my biggest, like, I'd say modern idols in terms of performance. Mm. Um, and I've got to meet Christy Altamar a few times. It's just overall, I was like, when this won, I was like, <laughs> yes. I was like, we're going to talk about it at some point. And the fact that we get to do it now, I'm like very happy getting to talk about a show that i love obviously at the time of recording myself and gareth are both in um heavy lockdown in sydney um mm-hmm. eliza is in loose you know mask wearing oh we're just down. mask wearing really where it's glorified mask wearing it's really not not the lockdown mm. situation <laughs> It, it's locked down from between the nose and the chin. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. We're, we're still living our lives. I'm going to Stradbroke on the weekend. So, we, you know, <laughs> we're pretty lucky up here. Like, well, living the high <laughs> life. Living the high life, honestly. Here we are in Sydney, just like... <laughs> I'm just liking the fact that we've gone from a deep dive from one of my favourite musicals straight into one about Tori's favourite musical. So I think yeah, they're really lining the them up perfectly for us. Yeah, they are, especially especially during lockdown. Cheer you up. Yes. The, the good end of your day. Yes. Um, and this show is, is really interesting. I found, because I watched it today, um, so I watched it today <laughs> online, 
No one come for me. Um, had to do a little bit of research. Maybe Gareth and I both did a cheeky a cheeky Google. Um, no, no, no. Don't you lump me in with this crime. <laughs> you just watched the slime tutorial. That's all it was. What? I did slime. slime we love slime. <laughs> and it is crime such tutorial. an interesting show because it's, it's very different. It's different to the animation, but it's still the same. Like, it's quite similar. Mm. And I really like kind of the more historical take on it, I think. Yeah. But it's, it's a very interesting show. There's so much to talk about. Like, that's what struck me as well. I as I will admit, no, 1997, Gareth was not a huge fan of animated features about girls at that point because he was a little trash bag at six years old. So I've seen, an, I've seen animated Anastasia once in my life and I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Is that is that Doc from Back to the Future being Rasputin? I like that. And then I only really <laughs> fell into it after... Yeah, that, that, that was a thing. Christopher Lloyd was his voice, but the guy who voiced Winnie the Pooh was his singing voice. Anyway, yeah, I only really fell into the Anastasia train after listening to the soundtrack as a young man going into musical theatre saying, oh, Journey to the Past actually like slaps. This is awesome. And then, of course, Broadway did its thing. Uh, Aaron's and Flaherty, who mm-hmm. I can't say without doing Irish accents, came back and rewrote mm-hmm. an entire score of frankly yeah. very good material to pad out the story oh, it's such mm. beautiful music and it's written in such like a it does like like you say it does take on much more of like a historical aspect and a much more you know real world scenario there's of a spoiler alert if you haven't listened to it or anything um there is no rasputin the um villain i say in air quotes because Something we'll talk about later is, is Gleb a villain? Um, but I find that the the music is really what brings the magic to this show. Um, and obviously you do, you have, you know, your staple pieces in it, but also so much new, amazing music where you get to learn so much more about characters like Dimitri and Popov and the Dowager Empress, the Dowager Duchess, sorry. The, Dowager the Empress Dowager, and the Countess. Dowager Empress, yeah, and the Countess. Like you get to, you get yeah. to really learn about these people that were such fabulous characters in the movie, but like you didn't really know anything other than you know, it was Countess Lily and the Dowager Duchess. Yeah, they were just sort of. I love there. the love story. Love the extra love story in there. Oh, we we love a C plot. Yes. We love a C-plot. I think the music was really interesting because I did find, though, at times, and this could be a little controversial, that because it's such a historical... It's, it's, a, it's a moment in history, not only that, mm. but it's, it's, it's a very historical piece. And sometimes I felt like the music was too happy in comparison to what was happening on stage, mm. like, like what was happening at the time. Yeah. I don't know if sometimes the music is, like, too happy or disnified to what actually happened in history at that time. Yeah, I guess that there is the thing of uh, it, it, this is what you do because look, as as we have seen with things like come from away for example, you can take a really awful situation and there are definitely are the sad moments in it, but there are also the really real moments in it. My honest opinion is I don't know if I would go see a show about Anastasia, if it was just downright depressing. 
I think that they do have moments <laughs> in it where they're trying to, you know, really show what it was like living in St. Petersburg at that time. And I can think they tried more, oh, I don't, I can't think of the actual word, but like they're a bit sarcastic about how wonderful it is to live there. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like if it was sadder, it wouldn't be very enjoyable to listen to. Well, I'm just going to sit very squarely on the fence and say, yes, I agree with Tori. If we were going into a musical post-Bolshevik revolution, Russia, in the smack bang in the middle of what was then Leningrad, I don't think I would be too thrilled to sit there and listen to them griping too much. But by the same Mm. token, Arons and Flaherty have such a signature sound. Like, you listen to some of their mm, musicals, yes. you listen to Ragtime, you listen to A Man of No Importance, you listen to Susical. There are certain trills and thematics that they do that lend themselves to a bit of Broadway razzle-dazzle, if I can say that. Like, if mm. we're going to be... That's exactly how I felt listening. Yeah, so, for example, yeah. My Petersburg. I mentioned in our little Google document, mm. it's the most Broadway-sounding thing I've ever heard in my yeah. goddamn life. I love it, and I'm very much about it, and I've been singing it all day. But my problem with it is I don't think it really fit the tone of where they were at that point. I think it just became Dimitri needs a song. And so Aaron's and Flaherty did their thing. I do agree. I think I like that Dimitri has a song because obviously you want to learn a little bit more. And obviously it's a bit of a different storyline for Dimitri in the musical. It's not the thing of this was, well, as far as we know in the musical, um, he was not necessarily one of the housekeeper's children in the show. Um, But I definitely, see, I felt like it fit really well. I think when listening to the show and this is where... Shows either do this really well or don't do this well. When just listening to the show, I'm like, it it does kind of, it's kind of just like there. Whereas when watching it, it kind of feels like it does, it does definitely stick out a little bit, I think, in the placement of it in particular. I think maybe it would fit better in Act 2. Obviously, you're not in Petersburg anymore. um, So it kind of probably wouldn't make sense. Um, But it definitely, it it feeds a little bit more into seeing it, but it definitely is kind of like, you've just come out of like Once Upon a December and it's like, bam, I am singing at this girl that I, air quote, hate. Um, And it's, it's, I don't know, but there definitely is that razzle dazzle feel to the music. Like you have something like um, Land of Yesterday, which I think that's, I think that's the title of the song. It is, Which is, um... Which is, oh my gosh. The Countess Lily's um, song. Caroline O'Connor. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god. What a woman. Obsessed. Australia's gift um, to the Great White Way. Oh my god. Yes. She is phenomenal. But it's definitely one of those songs where if you were just watching it and listening to it, you'd be like, oh, it's just like fun. And you know, it's they're drinking in like a speakeasy. But then when you listen to the lyrics, they are so incredibly depressed. Mood. Living in this world that they are living in. <laughs> Mood. Yes, I agree. Um, so it's interesting how they put these ideas of like, these people are unhappy. They don't want to be living in the times they're living in. They want to go back in time. They want to go back to St. Petersburg, how they knew it. Um, 
how they make that sound so happy and like upbeat and fun. It's it's such, I think that that was some of my favorite parts when watching the show actually, because it was so spectacular and the energy was amazing. I just didn't know how Caroline O'Connor can move like that. Like, how does she move like that? I don't know. She's just insane. Like, there was moments watching her performance where I was like, girl, if I'm your age and I can do that still and, like, be nearly on the floor being picked up and dropped and picked up and dropped and turned and spinned, and I was like, this this is some next-level stuff. She is absolutely incredible. And that it, it's very true that there are definitely moments where they try and uplift the sadness with, like, happiness. I guess the plot itself is interesting how they've changed the villain and they've changed mm. it to be more more realistic. But then it doesn't, for me, it didn't have the same impact for me as the animated film had because it was kind of lackluster with the the ending with, um, oh, what's his name? The bad guy. Gleb. What's his Gleb. name? Gleb, yes. With Gleb, I, I was completely taken aback by that. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I found the threat in the musical, as opposed to the animated film, was the threat of being exposed before bringing out this false Anastasia by perpetuating this falsehood for a scam rather than one direct antagonistic force like it was in the 97 yeah. film. Obviously, I think it's a smarter choice by making the villain Soviet Russia in general, number one, because at that point in time, mm -hmm. the Americans had just had a whole thing about the Russians tampering with the election, but also because they didn't want to bring in the overt Christianity of Rasputin as a villain. Also, like, historically, he was dead at least a year and a half before <laughs> the Romanovs were executed anyway. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's my take. That's my take on it. And I don't think Gleb held that same weight, especially when he met Anya all of no. twice in the piece. And the second time mm. was when he was pointing a gun at her. Yeah, so they run in during the prologue and then um, after she's, um, for, for context for anyone listening, they run in during like the, you know, the beginning part, um, what is it, Rumor in St. Petersburg, and then after she originally meets with Dmitri and Popov. Um, he brings her in being like, what are you involved in? Um, and then obviously uh, at the very end when he is holding a gun at her face. Yeah, I do agree. And I think part of it is that because they have literally taken some of the magic out away, which yes. I do think I yes. agree. It is a smart choice because I think it would have been very hard to do, although I have been proven wrong with things like Frozen. I was super skeptical seeing it. I was like, Keen, Broadway, Disney, like Disney musical, don't get how they're going to do the magic. And of course they did it and they continue to do it seamlessly. It's phenomenal. Hmm. But I do agree that he doesn't hold as much. And there is that weird thing of he kind of likes her. And she's quite, yeah, I think yeah. she's very oblivious to this, in my opinion, watching it and watching Christy Altamar do it. She, you know, that's not anything to do with her. But there's this weird, like, or is it like, again, it could be up for discussion of, I, I can see that you two agree with me that he's kind of like yes. into Anya. Um, she's oblivious yes. to it, but it could be taken on as he's just trying to do his job as an officer and be like, here, come to this tea shop, take a moment to calm down. 
before getting back to your work kind of thing. I don't know. You could take it very differently. But adding that slight, like, mm, Anya, I was like, ugh, back off. It's so overt. I totally agree. It's so bad. His character was really interesting. The whole the whole character arc is really interesting. And I like that they gave humanity to a villain. They really did. They, with the song about, you know, his father uh, shot one of the royals, basically, and all of that. It's really nice that there is some sort of humanity for that character. But the same token... It does, it doesn't, it doesn't create an impact for the audience as much as like a very feared figure that is, that is domineering and it doesn't quite tie in. I don't, I don't feel like it ties in the beginning, the, the, how they got shot and the red and like how visceral that is to then one little character on stage the whole time. Like we never see like a huge threat. It's just like one character who's a human and can't really do that much damage and it's just like the thought yeah honestly i don't think we can classify gleb as a villain with all this i think antagonist would probably be the better term mm. because he yeah. he is the representative of the entire government of the soviet union at that point he is the face yeah. behind it which is an overarching force that want to get rid of the romanov family in general because they are still viewed as the ruling aristocracy. And the people are still very unhappy with the fact that they are now a Soviet state. So I think, yeah, Gleb's not really classified as a villain. He's an unwilling tool at best. Emphasis on tool. So you see a woman once and you're obsessed with her. It's, it's Phantom all over again. Ironically played by Ramin. Hello. I was just going to say that maybe it's historically, though, a little bit more accurate to the which side is better who who is who is actually the good and who is the bad because i think from different viewpoints it could be viewed a little bit differently on were the royals bad were the roy was you know were the people the soviets are they good i think it all it depends on your viewpoint hmm. i think taking it back to the music again what they have done so well with this show is when we were talking about how you know it does feel all a little bit happy go happy go lightly kind of for a majority of the show. It does have its moments that really bring it back to reality of what it was like living in Soviet Russia. Um, for example, bless my homeland. Um, I believe that's what the title of the song is. Um, which uh, when listening to it originally, I was like, you know, there's always like that one song on an album, if you haven't seen the show, or even after you've seen the show, we're kind of just like, I can skip it, and it's fine. But it's one of those, it's, they're about to get on the train to Paris, and it's these, you know, whenever the, they've been talking in the show about being unhappy living um, in St. Petersburg, they've been very, you know, glib about it, being very, you know, sarcastic, like, we hate it here, but we'll live here. Um, this is very much the moment of like, we, we don't want to leave. This is our home. This is our homeland. We don't want to leave, but we feel like we don't have a choice. And it really just brings it like right down to earth. And I think that if you didn't have that moment, the show definitely would feel a little bit too happy throughout Mm. the whole show. But having that moment brings it back to reality Mm. and same with like if the whole show was more realistic the whole show would sound like this and it would be fucking depressing but it really (laughs) does it does bring it back to reality and i think 
flating errands have done that absolutely beautifully and like you listen to it and you watch these people and it's like it's like mothers daughters like people with families having to be like we grew up here this is our life and we now have to leave and start an entirely new life because a lot of them were leaving illegally as well um it's just uh it really yeah they've done it although it might seem lackluster it's actually beautiful it's so beautiful watching it because it's so soft and still and like they don't move on that stage they pretty much do not move until the end of the song when Anya kind of has her moment of I'm leaving and I'm probably never ever going to come back who doesn't love a stand and sing yeah Yeah. but uh, in that similar vein that scene I'm just going to dork out on the set I love the train I love the way they do the train train it's very clever it's like it's not only just a very good set piece that sitting on the revolve so they can get into the next number of we'll go from there, which is just a delightful little three-piece number. The way that mm. carriage is designed and the way the set is designed in general, utter genius. I specifically hone in on the rail mm. carriage because it does look like a set of prison bars when you're looking into it. And that's yep. fascinating to me. That is just this subtle reminder mm. that there is this threat of imprisonment or worse coming their way. And oh, yeah. I, I could talk about the set all day. The French windows, all the very, very cool revolves, all these delightful tables and chairs flying in and out at any given point. It's just, it's making me very happy. There were moments in the show where I was losing interest, I'll admit, because it's, it's a long show. It's a long show. Your boy's got a very yeah. short attention span. So keeping me occupied <laughs> is difficult. But when a set is doing that job for me, I say kudos to you guys. Congratulations. You've hooked me. Exactly. I think the set, the projections in particular, mm. really took it to that next level. And I think it really, it kind of, because it's animated, they animated themselves to project the projections. It kind of brought me into that Anastasia land. It really transported me into the movie but also history it, it kind of helped it tie all of the ends it was trying to do and it mm. helped tie it in in a really disney way yeah and i mean the set designer literally won a drama desk for best production uh projection design so that tells you just how phenomenal yeah. the projections were yeah congratulations and in talking to them. of the projection just like at a moment of true appreciation because obviously it, it, throughout the entire show it's wonderful but the moment that gets me every single time is at the end of a journey to the past similarly to how they do it in the movie you go from they've just jumped off of the train they're in like like kind of like the forest wilderness area and just at the end of journey to the past as she's singing that beautiful crescendo the it's almost like a pan up of a camera onto Paris and it is just oh, it is beautiful and it's exactly what you think of when you think of the movie as well because when you think of the animated movie um, when you think of um, oh, why can't I think of the titles of the song pa- the key to your heart Paris holds the key yeah Paris um, is the key to your heart yeah oh well it is longer than I thought it was yeah it's it's parenthes- it's parenthesized it's like you yeah. think of them on the Eiffel Tower and them around like going through the streets of Paris and that's exactly, exactly what they give you. And it's phenomenal. And talking of the set, also the costuming in this show. Gorgeous. Absolutely done 
to perfection. <gasps> all of the daughters, Deceased. all of the all the Romanov daughters, all of the sons, the costumes are just stunning. And you know, you really look at the differences between when they're in St. Petersburg too versus when they're in Paris, St. Petersburg. The colours are all blacks, greys, like charcoals, all very dark colours. And as soon as you get to Paris, as soon as you see that projection of Paris, it's like all of the colour has been brought back into the world. And just, and also her final dress, the red dress, the blue dress at the opera is like, it's like it's been taken, like with, obviously they've taken their own, they've taken their own design and they've really, you know, made it their own but it's still like you could see her in that dress in the movie and also the final dress will just blow me away every single time yeah following on from that note of the reveal of paris there's a a very cleverly lampshaded line that dimitri has with vlad before we get that pan up we before we go into journey to the past we see our first hints of color in those projections like the trees suddenly have the slight pinkish hue in their leaves and Uh, Dimitri just turns around and says, this looks like Russia. And Vlad very angrily points out, it looks nothing like Russia. And then middle of act two, or the big, sorry, as soon as act two starts, boom, looks nothing like Russia because we have color, which I think is just a very, it was a very smart way to handle it. Yeah, no, definitely. Cause definitely all of a sudden they've jumped off this train and it's like, oh, well, clearly they're in somewhere different, but you also don't know that until all of a sudden that, you know, that moment at the end of Journey to the Past happens. Exactly. Um, I feel like we've really... You're like, Patty! We've really Patty. fangirled about this for a good, like, 30 minutes. I Give feel or take. Like. I think we have. I think it might be... It might be time for a game. I will fangirl more about Christy Altamont because I have a story. I have a bedtime story. Oh! Oh! I love that. Um, so I'll get to that later but it might be time for a game I think it's time for a (laughs) cheeky game my friends hosting this week's game is Gareth hello I'm your game master for this week how are y'all feeling I'm so scared I'm so excited about this because I say this is my favorite show and then I feel like maybe I don't know enough yeah, well, I mean, how often do you actually get to take part in the game, Tori? I know, I very rarely. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be... We didn't, we've never done it against each other. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Oh, I'm creating some <laughs> podcast host rivalry. I love this. I come in for the, uh, I come in for the deep ooh. dives, drop a rivalry bomb and bounce. <laughs> the showdown. <laughs> Except I know nothing about Anastasia. Well... You're going to be boned <laughs> then, because today's game is a trivia competition, my friends. <gasps> we'll be throwing questions at you turn-based, so I'll go Tori, Liza, Tori, Liza, etc., etc. If we reach a certain point and we're matched, I'll throw in a tie-breaking buzzer round. But I think we'll be able to get through this, and one of you will walk away the crowned princess of Anastasia Trivia. Don't know why I'm Spanish. Oh my gosh, can we get a tiara? <laughs> so starting things off, we've got a question for you, Eliza. Oh my gosh. In so Act funny. 2, the characters attend a ballet. Can you tell me the name of the ballet being performed? I know this! Oh my god, Swan Lake. Ding, ding, one for Liza. <gasps> oh my god, guys. Oh, right. Iconic. Strong opening, strong opening. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> No, I just thought that I, the, the actual ballet itself was iconic. No, I wasn't saying you that. You are was so, so pleased with yourself. Don't hide that. <laughs> Tori. Both. Both is iconic. Yes. We have a question for you. 
Okay. What is the name of Anastasia's baby brother mentioned in Learn to Alexi. Do It? Correct. Alexei. Oh my yeah. god. Depending how you, I don't know, oh pronounce god. it. Depending on dialect, yes. So yes. we've got a point each. This is a strong opening, guys. Get some rivalry <laughs> this happening. This is very strong. All right. Eliza. In the Act 2 song, The Countess and the Common Man, Lily mentions that Vlad Popov stole a piece of jewellery from her. What was it? It's a diamond. Um, We're going to need to be a bit more specific. Yeah, I know. It's either a diamond ring or a diamond necklace, and I'm trying to remember which it was. I'm pretty sure it's a diamond ring. Bing, bing, bing. Correct. (gasps) Yes. Well done, well done. We sweating. We kind of who wants to be a millionaire? That. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think I'm going to have to throw a tough one of these tough ones to Tori's way. Oh God, Tori. This yes. is a finish these lyrics question. Okay. Oh. The Neva flows, a new wind blows, and soon it will be spring. The leaves unfold, the czar lies cold. A revolution is a simple thing. Bing, 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 bing. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was you like kept kind of, going. Yeah. I kept going to like finish it and I was like, no, stop. Please. I, I could sense you wanting to jump in and just do the whole goddamn yeah. number. I probably shouldn't have thrown that one at you. Oh, look, it's not. What am I? That's, that's the song in the show that I kind of am like, eh. You know, I can skip it. Sorry. Yeah, no, don't worry. I have the same reaction, but we'll get onto that later. So we're two apiece now. I think it's time for the tiebreaker buzzer round. Oh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. My heart. So this is also going to be dependent on how fast my internet is. Good luck, NBN. In the opening tune, Rumor in St. Petersburg, there are three items being sold in the marketplace purportedly belonging to the Romanovs. Bing 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 Correct. It's genuine Romanov. I could never part for it. Two, Two cans, cans of, of beans. beans, comrade. Done. No, I knew that too. I also would have accepted a painting. Thing? Painting. That's what I thought. See, I w- was wondering what the third one was. Yeah, yeah it's a that's painting. why I didn't bing because I thought it was three, and I was like, well, I know two. I was gonna guess painting, <laughs> but I was like, there's a very good chance that it's wrong because I always remember the um, pajamas because aren't they? Yeah, me too. Pop-ups? I don't know. I can't remember the lyrics specifically, I can't, which I is can't weird. I can't quite for me. remember. But yeah, uh, thank either. you for playing Garrett's Anastasia Trivia Quiz. Anastasia Trivia Quiz. Once I stop falling Woo! over my words. <laughs> Congratulations, Tori! You Thank are the you. supreme. Thank but you. I already knew that she, her music theater, like crazy random knowledge, is amazing, and I'm forever bowing my head. I'm slightly terrified. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying, right? I'm like, going against Tori is not something you want. I'm like, <laughs> Look, she knows everything. Not always. I don't I don't always know everything. Do you want to take it away, Tori? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess my... Oh, it's hard. I have a lot of favourite moments in the show. Um, Unsurprising. 
I'll yeah, look at the whole show. Um, <laughs> there are definitely moments that I don't love. For example, Deneva flows. <sighs> like, I like it because Gleb does... You do need a little bit of an explanation of why Gleb is who he is. Um... And I do like the realness that it brings. But also at the same time, I was like going into the show and I was like, yeah, yeah. And my energy just went, um, which is like not what you want. Even with um, Bless My Homeland, my energy was still like, because I was like there the whole time being like, are they going to like get caught? Like, are, pe- are you going to see like people get like dragged away for trying to get out? Anyway, that's not a favorite moment. So I don't know why I'm talking about it. Um, I love the addition of the song In My Dreams because I feel like it, it really does bring so much depth and realness to Anya's character of she really has no idea. And obviously it's never, obviously she, you know, in terms of this show, she is Anastasia. But there is that thing of this poor person has no idea who they are, no idea who their family is. They've just been put into this place their name is Anya and it's just yeah I don't know like that's one of my favorite songs in this show I think and I love and sadly it was cut I do understand why it does slow down the show but crossing a bridge is absolutely stunning you know she goes back to the bridge where that's I say that it was cut from the show for, for a reason you know it does slow it down it's not necessary to be there, but it is such a lovely moment because it brings back to, you know, that's where sh- her grandmother told her to meet her. Um, and it, it br- you know, it brings back all these little moments from the movie, from the show that, and that's kind of why part of the reason is it's not necessary. Um, it's not necessary to the point, to the plot, why Anya goes to the bridge. It's kind of just she goes there because that's where she told her grandmother she would meet her um yeah I guess that's me I don't know I could talk I could talk about the show for just hours on end I just love the entirety of it um (laughs) I hadn't gotten that impression yeah (laughs) (laughs) I guess one of my favorite parts of the plot in the show in general is actually when um Dimitri and Anya realize that they've known each other for a long time and it's the song in a crowd of thousands which is such a beautiful duet I really love it I love listening to it covers of it I love I love seeing it in the show itself and it's put in such a good place because she just wakes up from the nightmare of all of her family and her dreams and she's trying to figure out who she is and in that moment in a crowd of thousands is really where the penny drops at oh wait I think I am Anastasia and oh my gosh, I remember this this um, mm. memory of us together and how, how yeah, you were, when I was 10, we, we had a connection and now here we are. I mean, it's a little far-fetched that when you're 10, you still remember, you know, you, you were in love from first sight from afar. But um, I think it's a really lovely moment of bringing that childhood into the, into the present mm. and it's a beautiful duet. And I'm just a romantic, so... I love the romantic parts. And I like the <laughs> moment of actually being like, because obviously, like I said before, in the movie, Dimitri is like the child of one of the servants. Um, and that's how he knows Anastasia. Um, but this is such a lovely moment to, without being like, here, let's have like this entire big scene or monologue about how they actually know each other. 
but just this beautiful song that has a penny drop for them both. Like you learn how Dimitri mm. fits into this world, like actually fits in. Um, and yeah, you get that such beautiful and like the the reactions that they both had when he's like, "I never told you that," and she remembers and she knows that and she knows that this is a memory. This is not something that's kind of being coerced into her memory. It is a memory. And it's just so beautiful. Yeah, it's really gorgeous. Also just very good songwriting. Like, it takes us on a mm. journey. They end somewhere different from yes. when they started. And it just warms the cockles of my old dead heart. It's lovely. <laughs> but Agreed. I'm going to be the old school comedy king over here. My favourite <laughs> parts of the goddamn show are when Caroline O'Connor is doing her thing. And then mm. we go into the ah. Countess and the Common Man. It is yes. pure unbridled and very period for 1927 Mm -hmm. comedy gold it is is. physicality it is reaction it is listening it is just very good musicality as well in the middle of it all because you can tell these two are highly highly trained singers and performers it just gets me and makes me think my god this is what the craft can be when it's handled by two and professionals. Literally, and the dancing. And the dancing. That's what I was How talking hilarious. about before. Carolina Connor's dancing in that number. Yeah, like y'all who know me know I am by no means a dancer. I'm a smart mm-hmm. mover at best. Put me in an ensemble, I'm fine. But I recognise that game that they have. So yes, watching, it's amazing. Yeah, like watching that whole scene, uh, The Land of Yesterday, that whole routine, yeah. and then into Countess and the Common Man. Like, mm-hmm. there's some very highly technical and very funny dancing in it. And that's yeah. what strikes me and makes me think, oh, there's a lot of energy here. And I, I hate to be that guy. I couldn't find anything matching it throughout the show. I found some very funny aside mm-hmm. lines that mm-hmm. dragged me back in. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, it's a long show. Again, nothing wrong with that. I love a I love a lengthy theatre drama. But I wish there was more of that energy throughout, which is why, controversial, the show musical should have had Bartok. Or some anal something analogous <laughs> to Bartok. Give me the talking bat. Yeah, I know. It's it really is that hard. And it would have I been agree. it would have been such a hard decision to make when creating this show, going, Do we do we have Rasputin and Bartok, do we do we make it like how would you? Give but then me the again, bat. like Give I said, with Frozen, I'm always so skeptical of shows that have like magic in them. But then you have Frozen, which has done it seamlessly and beautifully. Well, yeah, even then, like uh, films like Aladdin, where the villain has the animal sidekick. I feel like Anastasia borrowed heavily from that with its thematics. There, um, they just yeah. turned Iago into a weird little guy, which I yeah. loved. <laughs> Yeah. So I exactly. Yeah, I I would have liked to see a bit more of the, uh, I suppose that Don Bluth directed energy from the film, like find mm. its way into the musical. I completely agree. I think that is that is something that it kind of lacks that little bit of punch that that character those characters did bring. But I guess on a completely different topic now, let's talk a little bit about Broadway casting. As we've already said, the original cast phenomenal. Love mm-hmm. loved bits. And um, two fun facts, actually, was that the original Dimitri was actually Aaron Trevate 
and the original and Angela Lansbury did the reading of the Duchess. And yeah. I was like, that's iconic. That is that's such a good get. I have to say, I think right? Angela Lansbury would have been phenomenal in it. But I don't know how long she would have lasted in the show, I have to say. In terms of, I think even, and I, I saw it with Mary Beth Pyle, I believe that's how you say her surname, and she was phenomenal, but you could definitely kind of see she got to a point in that run where she just went, I'm going to gracefully bow out. I've, I've done my part. It's eight shows a week. It's a lot. And, like, I, I'm still... I was so happy and shocked, though, that Christy Altimore and Derek Klenner, along with a, a whole huge range of the ensemble, lasted through the entire run. Yeah. Like, I don't think that happens very... And I'm so glad that John Bolton never left because he was one of my... Other than Christy Altimore, he had to be my favourite other character. I mean, my God, how can you not? Yeah, phenomenal. Iconic. But I mean, the controversial one that we need to talk about... (laughs) I think Tori has some thoughts on this, so I'm just like... They're going to be controversial um, thoughts, I think. I mean, you guys can enjoy controversy yourselves. I'm going to sit over here in old man ignorance and say, ah, these bloody (laughs) kids are talking about a pop star. Yeah. Exactly. We are talking about Cody Simpson taking on the role of Dimitri. Now, I've seen a couple of clips of this, um, and I wasn't mad about it. I totally wasn't that mad about it. But what do you think, Tori? Well, look... Such a weird choice, like I've, I've got to weird say. Choice. But to be fair, Cody Simpson is like, okay, so he was the Aussie, and I think this is how most of us would have known him, the Aussie Justin Bieber. Yes, oh, 100%. For a, but, but did not last very long. Um, to me, kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Like, you know, you would see stuff occasionally. Then all of a sudden one day, bam, on Broadway, and I was like, Okay, and at first I was like, I'm sorry, the fuck? You're going to have Derek Klenner followed by a couple of other phenomenal actors and then Cody Simpson. Interesting. Yeah, didn't he Who is also now training to be an Olympic swimmer? Yes. Yeah, Um. he actually, funnily enough, like seen him around because I'm from the Gold Coast and I used to be a state level swimmer. Um, so... <laughs> All in the same sort of circles, and I'm very confused by him. I'm like, but, good on you for being a swimmer yeah. and a and a singer because those two he's, things do not go together. He keeps and, doing like he's but, really he's really um, you know, like adapting. But I have to admit, yeah. people may not agree with me. He did close out. He did close it out, and so obviously I have seen footage of him. I'm mm. not mad about it. He's far better. Like his voice is actually really. Lovely. The only thing that I wasn't a huge fan of is one of my favourite things when watching a musical or watching any play, any form of TV show, anything, is when an actor has a moment where they're not doing anything, where they're not singing, they're kind of just their part of it. What do they do? You know, and it's one of my favourite things watching people just like, you know, they're completely in it. He definitely did pop in and out a little bit it was a little bit like okay like what's what am i what's coming up now like i didn't hate it but i would just be so curious to find out how that happened i know so such an interesting of all the people 
such an interesting choice, an Aussie pop singer. Well now, friends, that does bring us close to the end of the episode, but I do believe Tori prefaced this by saying she has a bit of a bedtime story regarding this show, so take it away, Tor. I do, I do. Um, and it's it's kind of like a bedtime story, but also a stage door story. Um, so I saw this um, in its opening year in 2018. Um, I went... Um, January 2018, right after graduating. Um, and I saw it twice in the same year. Both times were phenomenal. And as I said earlier, Chrissy Altamara is like my, like, I adore her. And I adore her acting ability. I adore her just as a person. She always stage doored. And now that's never a requirement as an actor, putting that out there. It's never a requirement. We have a whole episode, if you want to listen to it, about stage door etiquette. Um, that's like back, like maybe like episode four of season one. Um, oh my God. so there were a lot of things, um, there. Um, but actors did not have to do this, but she did it every single night. And she stayed there. She missed the closing night party because she stayed at stage door for four hours. Cause she just could not leave without talking like to as many people as she could. Um, so she stayed there for four hours doing stage door. Anyway, that's wow. not part of my story. My story is, I think Anastasia, uh, in 2018, when we went to New York, was one of the first shows that we saw. Um, and it was my first time in New York no understanding what stage dooring was. Um, and I think this was one of the first times I had done it. Um, maybe, what, like, the first or second. And, like, I did the thing that I think you should always do, is I waited until the orchestra had finished. Um, like you would. Because that's the polite thing. These people are here doing their job. Watch till the end. Do not leave before that. Because I saw lots of people do it. Um, and then went down to stage door. Um, was kind of like all these people. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Anyway, Chrissy Altamont kind of came around. And I like freaked out. And got her to sign my thing. I didn't realize that you were like allowed to like do photos. That was a thing. Until I realized that everybody else around me was doing it. And my response was I went back to my mum as a good 20 year old would do and started crying because I didn't actually say anything to her. I didn't get a photo with her. I didn't like, you know, she was like hugging people and stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, I've lost it. I've lost my opportunity to like meet Christy Aldemar. Like anyway. And then she was like, go to the end, like go to like, go to the, like the end. Like, cause she was like on her way around. And I was like, no, I can't do that. That's not fair. Anyway, I went to the end, still crying. <laughs> Christy Altamar came around and kind of like looked at me and she was like, were you up there? And I was like, yes, but I was really nervous. I just started crying and like she hugged me and we had like a great little conversation, <laughs> but I was also like the last person there. And I was also like, so I was like, you know, she's got to like go home. Um, she doesn't have to be doing this, but we had like the loveliest conversation about theater and like doing what you love. And I was just like a lot of the stage dooring I've done. And again, Actors are not required to do stage door, nor do they have to, nor do they, should they feel the need to, nor should they feel the need to give you anything that they don't want to give you. But, not even a but, it's just that Christy Altamore is so giving and so lovely to just the community in general. As long as you're lovely to her, she'll be lovely right back. And it was just one of the most humbling and lovely experiences having this person that I've just watched for like two and a half hours on stage absolutely killing it just come back and be like oh my god thank you so much for coming to see the show and you're like oh my god 
Oh my god. That's lovely. Like, she was, and she was as lovely the second time that I met her later on that year. And she is just someone that is very, very, very committed, as every actor is, but just visibly so committed to what they do. Like the night before I saw it in the summer that year, my friend had seen it who I was studying with and she said, oh yeah, she really hurt her ankle that night. Like you could see, you saw when she jumped off the chair, she like rolled it. She looked like it really hurt. And so she was like, yeah, I don't think she's going to be on tomorrow night when you see it. And I was like, ah, damn, but also great. I get to see an understudy. How awesome is that? And there she was on stage. And we asked her afterwards and she was like, yeah, it hurts a little bit, but she was like, also the understudy, like uh, my first understudy was feeling really unwell tonight. And I just didn't feel fair, like putting that on her. And I was like, why are you so nice? That is a very, very nice thing to do. I think this whole sto- stage door story is a lesson in, um, in how kindness and mm-hmm. um, taking the time for people and really like thanking people is a beautiful thing in yeah. theatre and to really um, not get so caught up in the big stuff that you forget the smaller things. Yeah, theatre is an industry of the heart and it's nice to see some people still applying that. Yeah, Great story tour. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. We've had so much fun talking about Anastasia and thank you so much for voting on our all our social media platforms. We will have another voting um poll. what do you call it? A, a poll. A poll. <laughs> a poll. Yes, we'll have another voting poll for our next show. So make sure you guys keep uh keep your ears and your eyes peeled on our instagram also thank you so much to gareth for being here today and chatting about anastasia with us you are an absolute legend he's always so prepared as always it's an utter pleasure so much fun so much fun yep it's keeping me from slowly going insane in lockdown writing up new stuff about musicals so thank you guys it's always a thrill thank you for being here and you will be here next time and we will have another deep dive for you but until then stay happy healthy and safe and we'll see you later bye Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.